Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Well, hello, Felicia and Karina. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Karina. Hi. Welcome to a virtual space. To another virtual space. (laughs) to another zoom (laughs) um thank you so much for joining us karina um just for our listeners karina is founder of alpha founder of connect with tech and a student at cornell um and that is really genuinely just scratching the surface and i only wanted to sort of do that like very high level because i would love to hear from you all of the things that you're working on because it's kind of mind-blowing so let's just start and dig in and like share a little bit about you, who you are, what your, all your projects are, how did you come to be who you are? <laughs> For sure. That's a very loaded question. But, <laughs> uh, so I am currently a freshman at Cornell University where I am in their Dyson School of Business. And I have a background in technology from my high school which actually had majors. And I went to Brooklyn Technical High School, so that might give it away, but uh, I majored in mechanical engineering. And that's how I fell into the world of STEM, and I fell in love with it ever since I first took a 3D modeling and 3D design class. I loved the, the superpower feeling that I had of being able to create something out of nothing. And that's what a 3D printer allowed me to do and what engineering allowed me to do. Um, which is why since, since the beginning of high school, my freshman year, when I took that course, I've been slowly pursuing engineering, whether that be through Girls Who Code or um, taking on other internships, working at makerspaces and prototyping my own projects. And one summer I actually ended up getting in touch with a school in Tanzania and uh, they told me all about how they would love to start having a computer science course. But one of the big hurdles with that for them was the fact that they didn't have computers. And me working at a makerspace at the time, I figured why not just 3D print and laser cut a computer that I program and build using a Raspberry Pi. So that all kind I'm of- I'm like, you can do that? What? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Blowing my mind. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I did that. The computer turned out to be actually very high functioning. So as soon as I shipped over five of them to the school in Tanzania, I helped them start up a computer science curriculum. And since then, the students there have been learning computer science uh, using my little prototyped computer. And it's something something that I always look back to and really kind of appreciate just because it shows, it really shows to me and hopefully to others uh, just how powerful engineering and making can really be, uh, not just for, for myself, for me to be able to do that and learn how to make a computer, but also for these students who are getting an opportunity to also learn computer science. And um, from that, Connect With Tech was born which is basically a nonprofit that uh, works with schools in underdeveloped countries and sends them handmade computers and starts computer science curriculums for them. So, 
connect with tech. Um, <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, you just keep going. It's I know. mind blowing. I, I kind of want to stop here. Well, cause we, I want to get to alpha too, but I would, I, I've got some questions about ma- hand making a computer. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about what that's like, what materials are needed, what the costs are associated with something like that, how many you've done? Yeah. So far, um, we have made five so far for Tanzania and are working a lot with other schools and getting more schools into our system so that we can make and send computers to them as well. But uh, the way that building this computer works is I would laser cut a bunch of pieces for, for the screen and then attach hinges to the bottom and the bottom would kind of be like a a two inch thick box and that's where all of the um, raspberry pi battery pack would be housed uh, to make sure that the computer can run because with the the school's case in particular they actually didn't have uh they didn't have a reliable source of um source of power so they were prone to power outages so Mm -hmm. i I had to juggle that too and build, build in a battery pack to make sure that they could always have some uh, battery in there. And that's kind of how, how um, I would describe making it. But it's a lot of 3D printing pieces and a lot of laser cutting uh, the whole outer surface. And what is Raspberry Pi? That was what I was about to ask too. I'm sorry. I mean, the only reason is because um, I feel like some of our listeners may know, Mm -hmm. but some of our other listeners might be sitting here thinking that you're talking about a delicious piece of pie and not (laughs) really quite getting what's happening. So yeah, I would love for you to explain a little bit more about that. A Raspberry Pi is like a computer and a chip. That's the the best way I would use to describe it. And it is um, very low cost and also... Uh, not super high functioning. It functions on, I believe, Windows 7. Mm. Uh, but it's a super simple, tiny computer, and it's literally the size of your palm. Wild. Thank you. Can I also just ask a note super quick? Um, so for our listeners, you won't be able to see this, but you have something 3D printing in the background right now in your room. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I, will, I will tell you all about that in a bit but okay we'll put a pin in it (laughs) i just want to let people know that while we're talking about 3d printing it is actually happening as we speak yeah she's not faking it (laughs) we don't play play. (laughs) okay so please continue the your other work that you're doing um now i am primarily focusing my efforts on Alpha, which is a clothing line that is 3D printed. And uh, basically the way it works, it's, it's streetwear designs and streetwear styles with uh, 3D printed designs on the front. And um, a lot of what I really love about the clothing line is I, I, use, I use the word superpower and super suits to describe it because I really do believe that by creating a hoodie that is engineered, it is empowering engineers, especially women in STEM and female engineers in the way that kind of touches, comes close to a geek's heart. Um, So that's how, that's what Alpha is currently doing. In addition to our 3D printed clothing line, we also have, um, we also do a lot of workshops and educational, um, educational opportunities. So I am also a AAAS If Then Ambassador, 
which means that I do a lot of traveling and teach people about 3D printing. And I will typically bring along my 3D printer with me and do a live demo on how to 3D print directly onto clothing. Very cool. Who's the target audience for the Alpha clothing line? Yeah, so our target audience really varies. We're mostly focused on um, young adults with a small portion of our target audience being, um, I would say, 20 to 25. Awesome. I'm just like, how do you have time for school and all of this? <laughs> See, it's, it's much easier when you're a business student. So ah, you're like, everything relates back to the schoolwork. <laughs> everything relates back to the schoolwork and the schoolwork is not intense. Uh, I often get asked, why are you not an engineering major? And my first response is engineering is a hobby and engineering in school will take up so much of my time. So how did you, how did you learn? How did you, how, how did you get the brain that you have that I think is very unique? Um, being very entrepreneurial, being very engineering, logical minded, definitely a problem solver. Do you think that that comes from something? Yeah, I, well, I think about that a lot actually. And I, I think that a big part of it does have to come from the fact that I am from an immigrant family. I am first gen, so my parents migrated here right before I was born. And I've, unlike my younger sister, who's only 11, I've witnessed their hardships and I've been part of their hardships, which is why I kind of have that really deep-seated ambition to achieve and strive. And at the same time, I would definitely have to attribute it to my creativity. Um, I remember when I was really young, I always heard the phrase, the older you get, the more you lose your creativity. And that was something that always terrified me because I loved being creative. And I kind of always remembered that and held on to it, held on to my creativity because I remembered it. And how, how do your parents feel about your, your entrepreneurial engineering mind? Yeah, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because a, a lot of, a lot of being, part of being um, a daughter of immigrants is that my parents don't really speak English too well. So it's kind of difficult for them to always understand how the American system works and appreciate the things that I uh, do. So most of the time <laughs> I'm kind of just doing my own thing and my parents will, uh, be proud of me and appreciate it and be super supportive, but at the same time, won't ever completely understand what's going on. So it's a fun mix. Well, it's great that they're supportive. I know um, as someone who also had a mother who was an immigrant, um, dad was not, but my mom immigrated before I was born. And in her culture, it was sort of like success is measured by certain things. And so when I started going into, you know, college and figuring out what I wanted to do, and I was like, I love writing and reading. And she was like, how about you like make some money, <laughs> you know? And so um, it sounds like it's not quite exactly the same experience you're having, but still, you know, it's, it's interesting when you do have a family structure that is supportive, which is great, but doesn't always necessarily understand like at a deep level what you're doing. How did you even like get into STEM and doing all this stuff to begin with? Like, was it through school? Was it through something that you like saw or a camp or something? How did that start? So um, I definitely have to attribute most of my beginnings in STEM to my 
first uh, 3D design class. So all, all of the freshmen in my high school were mandated to take that class. And I was lucky enough to uh, get a teacher that was uh, a black woman in STEM. So she was a strong, empowered, uh, inspirational woman that I really looked up to. And uh, she kind of guided me along my journey and encouraged me a lot. And I think since since that, I I was really kind of implanted into the world of STEM and pursued it a lot further after realizing how much I loved it. That's awesome. And as if this weren't enough, um, you're also inspired by the current COVID-19 crisis. So, and that, that's actually why I reached out because I saw your Instagram and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was sent back home, uh, roughly a month ago from Cornell. They kind of dispatched all of us and, uh, I couldn't attend any more events to teach more young girls. And I was kind of stuck with my three 3d printers, um, just having them lay around. And I figured, and this was at the same time that 3D printing PPE was slowly on the rise. Mm. And I figured, why not I do some research about it? Why not figure it out a little bit and maybe try to print my own face shield? And that same night, March 30th, I actually did print my very first face shield. And uh, I did all the research. It was kind of intense because once you once you dig into it, you see all the nuances that are involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, with something like ventilator valves, those were super popular. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that not every 3D printer can print that file. Mm. Some things like ventilator valves require a lot more sanitation and a lot more sterile conditions, mm. as well as different types of printers that print using different techniques uh, to prevent the material from being porous. So it's all of these things that were nuanced in addition to the fact that uh, finding hospitals was difficult, making sure that these hospitals would be willing to take these, and then at the same time, making sure that I could get reimbursed, especially considering uh, my 3D printers running every single day for 24 hours a day, which does <laughs> end up spending a lot of filament. So um, after realizing all of that, I figured, you know, there, are mu- there must be a ton of other makers out there like me who have a 3D printer idle in their house want to help but are too scared to help because they don't know how and they're worried that there's going to be too many setbacks so i figured why not create this slack group where we can all band together and uh kind of figure it out and create these these face shields and create all this ppe that would then help the medical workers on the front line so that's kind of where that's been going there are so many exciting updates happening every single day with it uh but I, I'm pretty, pretty happy with how far we've come. We, we grew by 120 members overnight, and now we are 220-plus members strong with wow. members all over the country and all over uh, the globe. So that is super exciting. And um, another update, as of this morning, we actually just launched our website, so Makers for COVID-19. And we also recalculated our weekly capacity and our weekly capacity for PPE units is 22,000. So it's very exciting. 
Wow. Congratulations. That is huge. And I have a million more questions, but I will not ask all of them. But one I think that would be really interesting for people who are listening is if they wanted to get involved and they thought, ah, oh, 3D printing is cool. Like how would, how would you get started? Like, where do you go to buy one? Like, can you just get one on the internet and then just start plugging away? Like how does, tell us how to get started. Actually one of my most favorite workshops to do when I teach young girls and talk to parents and teachers. But I think that nowadays in 2020, getting to 3D print is so much better than it ever was. Uh, there are 3D printers in libraries, in universities, and literally anywhere else. You can, wherever you are, you can find a 3D printer. And if you can't, there are also affordable options out there. Uh, I have one 3D printer that cost me $150 mm -hmm. and it was completely new. So um, 3D printers are not as um, expensive as many might think. And you don't really need to have any 3D modeling background to get started with 3D printing because all you really need is to download a software. There's a website that houses a bunch of files online. You pick which file you like, you download it, you put it into um, the software, which is called the slicer, put it on a chip, put it in your printer and you're all good to go. So do you have, um, do you have a piece of software for the face shields that you distribute so that everyone can just make them? Yeah, so we have a file for the face shields. And there, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually one of the nuances with, with 3D printing PPE. There are so many files circulating around, mm. some of them more, uh, more approved than others. Uh, some meet regulations, some don't. And mm. it's very important to keep those things in mind, which is why we always make sure to stay on top of things with all the updates in files. And also to make sure that all of our members are 3D printing the most approved file at the time. Mm. So it sounds like, I mean, that, that sounds like a, probably a full-time job in and of itself. Um, how do you, like, how do you manage quality control when you have, like you just said, all of these members, they're all over the globe. They probably have access to different types of printers and materials. And like, is there some kind of governing body that's sort of, as you said, staying on top of this and, and vetting things or how does that work? So it's funny that you mentioned that because when Makers for COVID first started, we did not have any governing body. We were kind of just like a free for all. You come in, start talking about 3D printing and that's it. But now I gathered a group of other students and friends and we are working together to organize the group. We, um, we have a, the ultimate resource guide, as I like to call it, that tells uh, you everything and anything that you need to know about 3D printing. We uh, gathered a list of all of our active members and uh, carefully are monitoring how much they're donating, where they're donating to, and exactly what they're donating, mm -hmm. which is why we're able to constantly receive such accurate, um, accurate capacity numbers. And the even more exciting part is we recently launched actually as of yesterday um, a request platform where a request uh, system in which people and doctors and nurses could simply message us and let us know about a PPE need and we will distribute that to our makers and our makers will fulfill it. Wow. I was going to say, I was actually chatting with a friend uh, a few days ago who's out in California on the West Coast, and he was telling me that 
his wife is a high school teacher and she's doing some kind of 3D printing. Um, it sounds really similar. And he was asking me if I knew of any group or organization in Boston on the East Coast that needed materials donated. And I was like, I have no idea, but I'll keep an eye out or an ear out. And it's like, great, here we go. So I'm going to put them in touch with you. But I think that's awesome because I feel like a lot of people out there are doing stuff or want to help or need help. Mm -hmm. And it's really it can be really challenging to bring those connections together. And we know there's such great need and there's also amazing people just like you who are bringing all this together. But sometimes the sort of like the, the middle of it gets, gets left out of it. And then people are like, I have things or I need things. And how do you get that together? So I love that you have that platform to both request and yeah. stay on top of it. I think that's a, that's one of the things that I appreciate the most too, because I, that's, that's one of the biggest problems that I personally seem wanted to overcome. I My goal in all of this is to make sure that anybody with a 3D printer can with ease uh, begin 3D printing and donating. So one of my biggest kind of uh, points of focus was to make sure that we could, we could communicate with every single member as soon as possible. So you will see me or the other organizers replying to Slack messages. And each one of us is in a direct message group with every single one of our members. So we keep tabs on everything and we can make sure that all of them are getting the help that they need, which is, I think, to them really helpful and really appreciated. That is awesome. Um, when are you going to be able to 3D print a vaccine? <laughs> oh, we're working on it. <laughs> um, I, but it is sort of does kind of lead me to my one question I had is, so sort of what's, what do you think is next as far as um, other ways? Have you thought about other ways that other, other people can help or with a 3D printer or in some other way? I just heard, um, I think uh, Governor Cuomo just announced that you, everyone's going to basically be required to wear a mask if you're not able to physically distance from someone else. So, Yeah, I think the next steps for us definitely have to be building up our request platform and figuring out our reach as much as possible and also finding more more need that we can actually 3d print so you know i've i've been receiving lots of requests from uh you know government related entities as well as other organizations about 3d printing a specific type of material mm. uh, because now that material has become uh, in need and shortage mm. so uh i think our next steps are really focusing on centralizing our efforts and being able to really move as a team and then also to find all these other needs and make sure that we can uh, commit to them as much as possible. And at the same time, finding more hospitals and people that are in need. Wow. So what's next? What's what, let's say things, we get a vaccine, we can, you can go back to school. With yeah, I think, that's a great question. And, you know, a lot of our members have already brought this up and we as organizers have also thought about it a lot. And we think that, you know, given how awful the circumstance is, it is definitely propelling the 3D printing movement forward and has given us the chance to really step up to the plate and show that we can help in more ways than people ever thought before, which is why I think that, when, when this all does end, there will be a great opportunity for us to work with, with hospitals on an individual basis to print custom parts or pieces or anything else that they might need. 
Amazing. Are you going to finish college? Hopefully. It's in the- <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, definitely. College is a priority. It's one of the one of those things where you come from an immigrant household where college is like a hard, hard month. Education is so huge. So um, I was actually going to ask you, are you still actually taking classes right now? Like, how is that working out? Yeah, so college is online and I am taking classes. It's definitely not the same. And I can't say that I'm getting as much out of it as I would in a regular setting, which is, which is fine given the circumstances. But um, I think also being in my shoes, uh, I have so much going on that I appreciate that it's not as intense as it was before. Yeah, I'm like, you should just postpone next year and like launch, continue F, like literally all the things that you're doing and then go back when things are less crazy. Um, it's funny too. So my fiance is a Cornell grad too, and he just like, he loves it and won't stop talking about it. So I'm sure that um, even given all the exciting things and all the hard work that you're doing, you must be eager to get back to campus at some point. Yeah, I'm so eager to get back to campus. And even more importantly, to get away from my family. and <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Keep it real. Keep it real. It's, that's, that is so real. I share a room with my sister, so you probably won't see it, but that is her bed and my bed is <laughs> Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's not the most comfortable. So, and, and it's crazy because I have my summer internship, which has also gone virtual. So I am really stuck here. Where so is you doing for your summer internship? Uh, I'm actually going to be interning at Amazon because, <laughs> funny enough, another <laughs> thing, I am an Amazon scholarship future engineer recipient. Oh, awesome. I wow. And I also get an internship. So, Well, I'm so glad that they're still doing it, first of all, because I know so many people so many college students have really been left in the lurch as far as that goes. But I feel like if any company can make it go virtual, Amazon can. So you're in good hands from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice that the internship is actually happening because I've heard so many stories from friends who are left kind of internship blessed and they were banking on their internship to pay for their housing. So, you know, being in a situation like that, I, it would put so much stress and burden even among uh, how bad the situation is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Because that was all mind-blowing. <laughs> um, and, you know, we like to ask these questions um, always, but I think this, this one in particular is very relevant is, you know, given everything that's going on, especially, you know, being home, sharing a room with your sister, do you have ways that you – practice self-care and if so what are they yeah I think that I definitely am a huge proponent of self-care um I actually have a little story so um when I first started college I had the worst my first semester so not too long ago at all I had the worst burnout ever um as you could probably imagine I always heard the mantra like self-care but never really understood what it meant for me and I think that's one really important thing with um, something like self-care. Every single individual has to understand what it means for themselves. And um, I didn't realize until I kind of crashed and burned, but uh, luckily I was able to get back on my feet. And, you know, for me, 
for me, self-care really means just like taking time off for myself, knowing when I should stop and when I should keep going. And then also just taking moments to not think about anything and just step away from, from life in certain scenarios. Smart. So Very smart. Wise. Very wise. Um, our other favorite question that we love to ask is, what do you geek out about? And this can't be anything related to stuff that you've already talked about, whether it's like STEM, engineering, 3D printing. So something else. Yeah. What do you geek out about? Okay. This might be slightly 3D printing related, but if you don't like my answer, I can give you another one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I got this new filament and it is actually silicone based. So I printed this little frog. And it's oh my oh, God. It's so cute. Will you send us a picture so we can include yeah. it in things? Yeah. Wishy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll allow this. <laughs> all right. This, this really made my day. And funny enough, I also have wood filament coming today in the mail. So oh, interesting. Half wood, half plastic. So it's lots of fun. What are you going to print with the wood filament? Very good question. I don't know yet, but we will see. I, I just saw it online and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I figured I had to get it. And, you know, next coming up on my wish list is conductive filament, which is cool. Ooh. They also have bronze filament. So that's going to be tons of fun, but haven't gotten them yet. <laughs> oh my God. It is. I feel like it is kind of tangent. If you have another one, I'm going to, I'm going to push you. Karina, here's the thing is what I want to know is, do you watch Netflix? <laughs> I recently watched Tiger King, actually. That show, man, that show was, was crazy. I thought it couldn't get worse, but it kept getting worse every step of the way. I feel like the last couple of podcasts we've done, people have been talking about Tiger King in this exact question. Rachel, you just, you gotta, gotta watch I it. I feel like there's a lot of pressure for me to watch it, so I'm resistant. I feel like it's actually not pressure, it's the universe is telling you you should watch it. Do you think if I watch Tiger King that the world will return back to normal? I don't know, but it's worth a try. All right. It's a lot of pressure <laughs> I just put on myself. <laughs> but, Yeah. I, it was a crazy show. Just I just, I'm just glad that you have time to do like things that will turn your brain off because I, I totally appreciate the creativity and not that you're asking me for my opinion or my advice or anything, but I will say, I'm going to give it to you anyway, because I'm an old lady. Um, I didn't find my creative juices until I was 35. So not everyone will lose them. So don't panic. I just don't want you to panic and think you have to do all the creative things right now. Yeah, long, long, long road. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm really curious, actually. Sorry, one more question. Um, but given your, your previous geek out answer, and I'm curious. So first of all, I'm assuming you're in New York. Is that right? In Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, awesome. And so, you know, I know that New York, depending on where you are exactly, can be kind of crazy. But I was going to say that if you have any kind of access to an outdoor space, I, w I can only imagine that what might be going through your head, especially given your current circumstances, is like, how can I print a badass tiny house for myself that I can park somewhere <laughs> at my own space? So, so cool. You know, that actually is like awesome that you mentioned that because there is 3d printing technology that prints real life concrete houses real 
See, there you go. <laughs> so impressive. So impressive. I love talking about that example. But anyways, my little geek out there too. Oh my God. I'm so excited to put all the links in this and get this out and let everyone know about you and all the amazing things that you're doing. Thank you. Um, I would say if there's anything else you'd like to plug or share, um, we'll put all the links in the, in the show notes. Great. Yeah. I think I'm good. I'll just send everything over to you later. When, when are you guys thinking of uh, publishing this? That is a great question. Soon, very soon. I, very I'm soon. going to I, I'm going to make an executive decision that that you might go next <laughs> because <laughs> this is very it's, it's very, very timely. Yeah, yeah. There's the um, and and I know you've mentioned a lot of what you are working on already, but like if people want to donate or support the work that you're doing, is there a place they can do that right now or somewhere they can go to? Thank you so much for asking that because I completely forgot to mention it, but. We, we actually are accepting donations on our GoFundMe. Awesome. And we have already raised $3,000 in nine days. Wow. So, yeah, I'm super proud of it. And one, so, so the whole goal of the GoFundMe is to gather as much funds as possible to reimburse all of our makers for all of the materials that they're donating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in most cases, especially with face shields, the um, clear part actually has to be purchased. So these, mm. uh, these makers are going out of their way to purchase additional materials. Wow. So um, I want to do everything in my power to reimburse them. And especially for their shipping costs when they have to ship to, you know, um, Georgia or New Orleans, uh, which is now also a really big hotspot. So yeah, any donation is greatly appreciated. Awesome. Thank you so much. We will, we will definitely include that link in there. Um, thank you, Karina. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. (laughs) Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.